We are very excited about today's show. And before we begin, we got Jesse Ledoux with our product features of the week. So, Jesse, what you got for us? Stephen, we are uh, blowing the handles off the store this week. Um, so, as everyone knows, we have like the most adorable, cheeky pageant t shirts and tank tops everyone loves. They're high quality, they're made for women specifically, so they look great on. And we have a full lineup of pageant shoes from everything from Glitch shoes, kids shoes, evening gown shoes, swimsuit shoes, talent shoes. Literally, we run the gamut in both of those departments. So we're doing 25% off shoes and tees this week, which is a freaking bargain. Yeah, I mean, pretty much like every shoe for every system, age divisions, minus men. We don't have like men's shoes yet. Um, And then shirts. So, I mean, I guess there's not much else to really say about it they get free shipping what's a uh, coupon code or is it all just kind of naturally on the site there so there's a coupon code it's podcast 25 that's how you can get 25 percent off any of those items and just to give you some reference our t-shirts are all right around 15 dollars. so 20 percent off of that you can do the math you know i can't um <laughs> but so that's a great price it's a great gift free shipping you can find them at shop.pageantplanet.com. And remember, coupon code PODCAST25. And I'll also drop that in the show notes. So, all right. Thanks, Jesse. Welcome to Pageant Planet's podcast, where we share stories and strategies to help expand and connect the global pageant community. Visit pageantplanet.com to find pageants, hire coaches, shop for dresses, and more. Now, here's your host, Stephen Roddy. Welcome to another episode today, Jesse Ledoux and myself. We are going to be talking about everything that you need to know about pageant contracts. So Jesse, set the stage for us. Stephen, when you start any new job, you almost always have to sign new hire paperwork. There's probably pages and pages that you have to go through, sign, initial, etc. Well, just like in the, the real world, I guess we can call it, when you earn your sparkly new work hat... In the pageant world, you have to make it official by signing a contract that outlines expectations and rules. Yeah, I mean, and that's just par for the course, like what you said, for any job. So I totally get that, and it's just something that you expect. So today we're going to discuss the ups and downs of navigating contracts. We're going to talk about some of the wildest contract terms and what they mean, and what to do if you mess up, which sadly happens (laughs) it does it happens to us all like i mean it's happened to me before like in a job and i'm like oh sorry (laughs) i didn't realize that and it just to put a caveat here i was really bad at following contracts actually it caused my very my first business to fail and like really badly because i just did not read the contract And it caused me to basically, I mean, not even over-exaggerating, it cost me everything. And I had to start all over again from scratch because I didn't read the contract. So this is a a topic that's near and dear to to my heart. And, you know, hopefully this, after learning it, you'll realize that like, oh, okay, like I won't make the same mistake Stephen did. Well, and this topic, FYI, came to us through Julia Stone. It was a suggestion. So we'll always take podcast topic suggestions if you want us to divulge into something specific. So thank you, Julia, for bringing us to the table. Yeah, and this is a hot topic because of, well, we'll get into it a little bit um, later, like after we have our, our first tip or so. But let's go ahead and like get the ball rolling and 
talk to us about the first sub point, if you will, of everything that we need to know about pageant contracts. I mean, like, why do they even exist? Yes. So there's an antidote. I heard anecdote, antidote, whatever. I think it's yeah, tomato, 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 you know, <laughs> anyway, the one with the C, I think. Yeah. Um, anyway, there's an anecdote I heard about contracts, essentially like ones with kooky clauses or things that might, might look obvious. And have you ever heard anything like similar to that? Like why kooky clauses exist in contracts? Yeah. Because like somebody's done it before. Exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah. for example, like as a no brainer phrase, like don't show up in a crown and sash under the influence is like so common sense to the vast majority of us. But if it's in your contract, the odds are that someone did show up to an event in crown and sash under the influence. So now it's in the contract. <laughs> and they're like, Richard, it's not in the contract. It didn't oh. say I had to show up, Philber. Um, I just had to show up, right? <laughs> yeah, I exactly. just had to show up in crown and sash. Um, yeah, and you hear or you read on the the back of a, a toy, you know, where the toy comes in the plastic bag, and it says in there like the plastic bag is not part of the toy. You know, don't put the plastic bag over your head and attempt to breathe. You know, it's things like that, yeah. and even um, you know, more in pageantry terms, this is something that um, actually Betty Contrell told me. Um, gosh, I don't, I was six months ago or so but um after you win miss america you're not allowed to compete in another pageant after winning miss america and mm. that was because um our girl Teresa scanlon like when i talked her into competing for miss world america that wasn't part of the miss america contract so i was like hey you should totally compete in miss world america and so she was like okay and so she did it and then Miss America is like, wait, that's, that's no. nowhere in the contract. So she was the first to kind of ever compete for another. Because I was like, this would be awesome. You'll be the first like Miss America, former Miss America, to like compete in another pageant. You'll make history. And she did. And she did. she'll be the last one, too. They had to sneak it in the contract. No more. No mass. So that is a, like a perfect segue to what you've already hinted at before. There's like... Definitely a current crazy topic happening. Um, and in 2015, our girl, Ania Garcia, she was what? Miss Rhode Island, USA, Stephen? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, she was gorgeous. Like, I think it was like her first pageant, too. She's one of those that just like came out of nowhere, just not, had the natural beauty. Oh, I think she won her state pageant in like a lacy maxi dress that was like two inches too short. Like that's how gore, <laughs> like I will say the judges in Rhode Island see potential. Like yeah. they are trained to like not judge by like the finished product, but by seeing the potential, they did it with Olivia. They did it with Ania, like totally nailed it. Mm -hmm. So Ania, I think she was first runner up to Miss USA. She was top five for sure. Mm -hmm. And then she went on and she won Miss Grand International in 2015. Great title. Yep. She resigned. And then her first runner-up took over. Her first runner-up was from Australia. So now this, fir this first runner-up turned winner. So she was in, she's in the book, says Miss Grand International 2015, has decided to compete for Miss Universe Australia. So word came out that she is now being stripped of her title. She is no longer allowed to refer to herself as Miss Grand International 2015. When you look at the Miss Grand International history books, she will essentially be wiped as a result of her competing in 
a new pageant. So Stephen, what do you think of that? Well, I mean, one, is it in the contract or not? Like we don't have privy to their contract, so we don't know. Um, it sounds like based on the statement that was released that they just said, oh, we don't agree with your statement. So you can't mm-hmm. use the title Miss Grand International 2015, which I mean, come on, like, you know, four years later, it's like how much, I don't want to say how much weight does that carry? Because everybody that knew that she won like Miss Grand International 2015 already knows that she won. And just because Miss Grand International says, okay, you're not allowed to use that title anymore. doesn't mean that miraculously she's going to lose the clout that comes with the title. So I feel like as part of the organization, they should have done taken more of the Miss America approach just to be like, you know what? That's not in our contract. So like, let's just add that in our contract moving forward versus like, making a big stink out of it because they just seem petty at the end of it, you know, regardless of like what happened behind closed doors. Again, we don't know that, but they just seem petty. Like, Oh, fine. You can't use our title ever again. How about that? Well, I think it's sad too, because if you look at the history of Miss Grand International, I I think it's a pretty long standing pageant. If I remember correctly, do you know anything about the history? Yeah. I'm wanting to say, Oh, this was like in best in pageantry awards. Like when we were looking up and all that, but I was wanting to say it was like 60 years old. I mean, it was, it was a long time that has been around. And when when you look at the history of winners for that pageant, there's always going to be a hole now for 2015. Like I don't think they're going to go back now and crown the second runner up as Miss Grand International 2015. I don't think that makes much sense. So it just, it's a little sad. Yeah. I mean, it, it is a little sad. And like, and it's going to even, it's like going to shine a spotlight on 2015 because like the, what was the first runner up is now like married, right? And, or like maybe the second runner up is now married. So it'd have to go to like almost a third runner up, you know? So it's just kind of a, a weird situation. So it causes more stress on the organization than what it's even worth, right? But I mean, mm-hmm. this all goes back to the contract. So I mean, with this, um, you know, with this Grand International 2015, um, you know, before reading the contract or before like signing the contract, if she would have read, you're not allowed to ever compete in another pageant again, you know, or here's the terms of violation, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, then she would have been in the no. If she did not read that contract or if it wasn't in there, then she's totally in the right. Um, mm-hmm. But then our industry, because it's not regulated yet, um, you know, directors and stuff can do things like, okay, fine, you just can't use our title anymore. <laughs> and it's like her against the organization. And from her perspective, like she's gotten so much media cloud out of it that it really worked in her advantage. And I... I would I like I'm trying to think about it. Obviously, a title like Miss America, Miss Universe, etc. You would imagine that you wouldn't want to compete afterwards. I mean, they're such part of such a great legacy, uh, Miss USA included, really. And I don't I don't know if I would want to. And I'm wondering, like, if if it was known that you could not compete in a pageant after that, would people still compete for certain pageants? Like, what do you think, Stephen? Are the pageants that you would not compete? And another one after you won it. Oh, like Miss World, Miss Universe, like um, Miss USA, Miss America. Now, I would do like, I would do something local, like compete and win in Miss America and then compete and try to win for Miss USA because that would be awesome to win like both titles or like Mm -hmm. vice versa. You know, that would be, that would be a cool thing. Um, But yeah, outside of that, like I just, I wouldn't because most of those are such big titles that it can make your career 
as a yeah. model. It puts you in the entertainment realm. After Miss America, you've won all the scholarship money you need to to put yourself through college debt free. So there's a lot of like really big perks because pageantry comes with an expiration date. It's not like mm-hmm. you win Miss Universe and you get a lifetime salary. You know, you parlay it into your next thing. So that's what it's there for. Um, so at the end of like winning Miss Universe, you've got so much publicity that if you then win Miss World, you're not really going to get 2x publicity. You'll just be in the spotlight again for a whole nother year and yeah. obviously experience all those perks too. Well, and for me, I, it also depends on what you want from this too because when I won Miss International, I was, gosh, um, I don't want to say how old I was. I probably was, I think I was 25. Mm-hmm. And then I had my whole year of service. I was 26. And then at the time, the de- the cutoff for Miss USA was 27. So during that year, everyone is in my ear like, oh, you should compete for New York USA. You should be for New York USA. And New York USA is one of the biggest state USA pageants. And because of that, judges are often really frazzled. There's a lot to look at, a lot to take in. We've seen amazing winners. We've seen uh, amazing contestants get left on the sidelines that never make it to finals that you're always going to wonder about. And for me, it was like, okay, I love competing. I love pageants. Miss USA is a great organization. But what if I compete and I don't make this, I don't make semifinals? And as a, I was already a pageant coach at the time. I already had clients that trusted my abilities. I had a fantastic title to back up my abilities. So it was more like, why would I put myself in jeopardy to move a step backwards when I already have like reached the pinnacle of my career? Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's kind of one of those things you really have to think about what would competing again do for you? So I think you did a good job summarizing it up as well. Yeah. So the thing is with, with this and um, like with the whole like crazy contract items, know that when you're reading the contract and you see crazy items in there, that they're a, they're in there for a reason. Um, Mm -hmm. And B that there sometimes are crazy contact contract items in there that you might not necessarily agree with. So don't be taken surprised by that either. And seriously, just because it's in the contract doesn't mean that you have to agree to it. You just like, I don't feel comfortable signing this because I don't know if I can not do X, Y, Z because of my prior commitments, mm-hmm. you know? So there's nothing like in a contract that like, that's why you go over the contract is so, um, you know the rules of being in that particular job. So it's good that you have a good amount of time to read through it. Like if a director wants you to come in and sign the contract kind of on the spot and you don't get to necessarily run it by anyone, that's a red flag, Mm -hmm. you know, and that, that shouldn't take place because with me, I have people help me read through contracts, especially now, like, you know, after I've already told my previous story, right? I'm like, no, no, just as a precautionary, I'm going to have my attorney read through it too. Um, you know, so it's things like that that are, are helpful. And if you if you don't necessarily have a, a, a family attorney, because sometimes there could, those can be like, um, like attorneys in by themselves are expensive, like, you know, several hundred dollars an hour. Um, but then if you have a family friend, obviously that has a legal background, you can have them read through it or even just like, seriously, a a business person that is used to looking at contracts so they can kind of skim through. Like I know where the important parts are now in the contract and like what's pretty much standard. Um, so I can skim through and look at the section. And if I have a question, then I escalate it to like 
the, the legal counsel. Um, but if all that fails, like there's online services like a legal zoom that you can use starting off, um, where you can have their attorneys look through it. Um, so there's a service there and it might cost you, I don't know, a few hundred dollars for the year, but then like you have their attorneys that can just read through contracts. So it's like, that's an option for you too. If you get into that corner where you're like, I'm nervous, I don't want to sign this and, but I need a secondary opinion. Well, my secondary thought on that is one of the biggest areas of contracts that are constantly breached is for people that don't understand their non-compete clause for their system. A lot of pageants for younger contestants do not have non-competes. So you can go ahead and compete for other systems throughout that year. Um, so that would be one area of a contract I would urge people to take a look at. And as you get older and a teens and miss and you have more pinnacle titles and you're holding a smaller title, but you want you, still, you don't want to miss a chance to compete for like your state teen USA pageant and you compete, be prepared to either relinquish that title if you win, and that could get a little messy too. So non-compete would be a specific area where it really impacts other members of the pageant industry. So I would pay close attention there. Oh, so, such good advice, yeah. I mean, that yeah. non-complete, non-compete, because sometimes it extends past the life of your crown. It's mm-hmm. like it, sometimes it's a few years window there or like Miss America's case, a lifetime window, like after you win. So it's like knowing what you're getting into, yeah. um, you know, before you sign, which I think leads <laughs> us to our next point, right? What's the next point of like knowing everything that you need to know about a contract? It does lead us to our next point. And that's try to access it beforehand. And our old faithful um, Amanda Van Sickle wrote in a tip for us. Um, Stephen, why don't you read Amanda's tip about okay. this? She says, no, I'm very careful to obtain a copy of the contract prior to entering a pageant. I read through it for any unusual requirements as well as to determine my total investment of time and money should I win the title. If I'm not comfortable with the contract or the financial slash time obligations required, I do not enter the pageant. Great mm. advice. Great advice. And you know, Amanda has been contributing to our podcast probably for six, seven months in a row, like consistently. Right, Stephen? Yeah. I mean, like commenting and like following and like posting about it. Like it's been great. Yeah. She's the real MVP, really. Um, so real quick, Amanda, I want you to email me and we're going to give you a coupon code for our store because you've been so amazing. Um, and again, she's been following us for so long. So we want you to get involved in the conversation, do the same. But Amanda, shoot me an email, jesse at pageantplanet dot com and we're gonna hook you up so thank you for all of your support that's great <laughs> yep we love that okay okay anyway so leading off amanda's um suggestion and i'll be honest i am a rule follower and my goal was to win a major pageant title so i knew there was like next to nothing that i would have like violated or was in danger of violating i was on my best behavior I was working my tail off. I was like really trying to stay in line and like, that's my goal. So I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to, what's the word, compromise my goal with silly decisions. So regardless, it is a very responsible decision to ask your organization to provide you with the title holder contract prior to the pageant, which Steven said, it'll allow you plenty of time to discuss with trusted individuals, your counsel, your legal Zoom, if you so choose. And if a pageant is reluctant to share, that should give you cause for concern and like, I am not a legal advisor, so please don't take this for Bible, but like 
suggest like winning could put you in the position of signing under duress if you win, if you don't see it. And what I mean by that is, um, and I, again, I'm summarizing what a legal person once told me, and I am not a legal person myself. And that was also like seven years ago. So I think duress, Stephen, are you familiar with duress? You can back me up here or. Yeah, it's basically like when you're in an emotional state and then you sign mm-hmm. something out of an emotional state, be that fear or just like, um, I think even sometimes it can be an extreme excitement. Like, oh, yeah. you just won a million dollars. Sign here. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> you just sign. Thank you. And then, you know, and they're like, hey, you owe 800000 of it to us. Um, right. And, you know, it, it, so obviously all the disclaimers were not attorneys, all that kind of stuff. And additional disclaimers on behalf of the directors. Most of them are not trying to trick you or do anything like of that nature. Like, the, the rules are there in place for a reason. Mm-hmm. According, I mean, but to piggyback on what Amanda said, like, obtain the the copy before so you know what your obligations are because if you don't like the outcome of getting the title why invest the money why put in the time there's so many other pageants out there you can just shift your focus to another pageant that like you want to be a part of Mm -hmm. and especially like okay if you're competing at state what are your financial obligations for going to nationals? So like, mm. let's say you do win your state title or like you, your territory. If you're in a different, um, if you're in a different country, like you win that title and then you've got to pay like a hundred percent of the fees going to nationals. And you might be like, I'm not able to afford a, you know, a, a plane ticket from this side of Australia to that, or, you know, or, mm-hmm. or you know, this side of the, um, United Kingdom to that side or whatever, right? So, you know, having a full scope of what's required of you is really important before going into the pageant. Mm-hmm. And if, even if they're not comfortable giving you this year's, just say, okay, if, if this year's isn't ready, do you have last year's that I can take a look at? Because odds are it'll be fairly similar. But again, I, a system shouldn't be so fearful to hand over the t- the con- title holder contract in advance. Yeah. Um, it's just one of those things that it, sh- it should be transparent. It's a binding contract for you and them. It protects you as well in many cases. So just ask. I don't think it hurts to ask, or you can ask a prior contestant or former winner, whatever it is, do your due diligence. Because like I said, in duress, like you already wouldn't get there. You've spent so much time, energy, money to be there. And then it's like, you look at this contract, you don't agree with it. Like, okay, what do you do now? It puts you in a really tough spot. So do the diligence. And if you have a director that's giving you a hard time and they won't get it, just email us, like, let us know, like, what are their reasons? And, you know, we'll weigh in and help you out. So, I mean, you can email me direct, steven at pageantplanet.com. Steven spelled with a V. Um, And then I'll take a look at what the response is and, you know, we'll help you out any way that we can. Cool? Perfect. Um, All right, so... Number number three, which I believe is the last uh, kind of tip and strategy for like handling this whole sticky situation of contracts. So the number three is what happens when you break it. And I'll say first, like if you are remorseful, like you know you did wrong, you better just be ready to apologize. I don't care how excited or in the moment you are, you better read that contract. So again, if you weren't able to access it ahead of time, or maybe like your pageants tomorrow and you don't have time, like read that contract in the moment. If you are committed to your title and even blindly sign in the moment, which I don't advise, you better read it the following day at the very least to understand what's expected of you. So like I said, like I was ready to do anything that it took to be a great title holder for that, that for Miss International. But like, I still read the contract after the fact. So I knew what my expectations were. Yeah. I mean, couldn't agree with that more. I mean, just 
if it's on paper there, like just <laughs> follow the rules, know what the rules of engagement are. And yeah, mm-hmm. if you break it, just apologize and, and, and move on. Most people aren't going to run. Okay. Most people will threaten that they're going to run to their attorney. That's kind of like the equivalent of I'm going to tell my mom when you're in high school, like we mm-hmm. get threatened by attorneys so much. It's like, it's laughable. Um, but it's just like, it's the equivalent of like, if you don't do this, I'm going to tell your mom, I'm going to tell you like in high school. Right. So, but in reality, like most people are not looking to go to court. What they're just right. looking for is like, okay, we've got this expectation that we want met and we're scared that you're not going to meet it. And so we're threatening our attorneys, but most mm-hmm. people won't ever really bring you to court or drag that out because Honestly, it's an energy suck. It's a time suck. It's a financial suck. It's just, there's no wins that really come out of like bre- breaking things out through court. So, um, but so if you just apologize and try to make right, you, you'll, you'll do okay. Well, and if you do mess up, if this results in a loss of prize or benefit, like first explain what caused you to step out of line. The answer is not, I didn't know it was in the contract. That is never an acceptable answer, as we just mentioned. But honesty is the best policy. So second, ask your director if there's anything you can do to recoup their respect or the benefit you lost. Consider it like we've already made one high school reference, I might as well make another one. Consider it like extra credit in high school. So if you're truly remorseful, apologize, acknowledge, explain what caused it, and then say, what can I do to make this right? Yeah. And at least like that will show that like you're really trying. Mm-hmm. And then beyond that, I would highly suggest not publicly or shaming, blaming or shaming the system in an accusatory way without concrete evidence. Like, frankly, you should ask someone who is not a personal friend to read it first to ensure it doesn't sound like sour grapes. Um, and that was, I think, a lot of the, the concern with Kara Mund, um, too, about like, okay, is she just being whiny or is this really true? And before she released that, I think she probably had several people read it and we discussed it at length at previous podcasts. But you just have to be prepared if you are going to go to battle for yourself and you truly disagree with the system. Make sure that a bipartisan person has read the contract, heard your side and can evaluate that statement before it goes live. Yeah. And I, I want to kind of drive home a little bit this thing about social media. OK, you're going to get likes and you're going to have your few faithful followers say you're right Stephen. you know they shouldn't have done that or whatever you have to think though also the long-term effect on your personal brand by airing out this laundry you like use jesse and i for example we don't post personal things like that in our in our um social media we don't we could because Lord knows enough stuff like that happens to us. We don't, though, because what's it really going to benefit the situation? It's just going to build animosity in the other party, and then it's going to like completely just burn a bridge. So regardless of where you are in the world, like, you know, I know we have listeners in Iceland and the UK and South Africa, the Philippines and Australia and a bunch of other places, America, obviously, that when... It, I oh, cannot forget about the Canadians. Canadians like been coming on strong with listeners like recently, but um, anyways, <laughs> side note, regardless of where you are, the the principles are the same of like, you know, by just keeping that stuff um, private between you and the party that you're attempting to work it out with. And mm-hmm. like, if you do fall <laughs> short and you just take ownership of like, Oh, 
I totally messed up. I am so sorry. Like, you know, what can I do to earn your, as Jesse said, what can I do to earn your trust back? Maybe get the benefits back. Like that goes so far as far Mm -hmm. as your relationship. And like, seriously, that's how Jesse and I, like when I mess up and it causes her like an emotional impact, I apologize. And like same to her, to me, like when she messes up, she's like, and it causes me an emotional impact. She's like, Oh, sorry, messed up. Right. And then that's how we're able to form like a stronger bond, stronger relationship there, which helps ultimately keep the company moving forward. It's no different Mm -hmm. with you and your, um, director. Exactly. Okay. So in summary, what would you, would you say? So my suggestion is to know what you're signing first. I think we've made that very clear throughout this podcast. If the system won't provide you with the the current year's contract or the year before, ask them why. If they do provide it, review it with a trusted advisor that will like totally map out expectations clearly so you know how to act um, within your year. And finally, remember in pageantry, there is always another person who will be honored to have your job. At the very least, honor those people. They did not have a crowning moment. And if you decide to step down as a result of disagreeing with the expectation, you rob them of that moment. So do your homework and work your title. Yeah, and thanks again for listening. If you found any benefit from the show or for ones previous, please give us a five-star review and check us out on Pandora. We are um, live on Pandora. Podcasts are live there. And uh, again, to recap, like it might seem like a small action for these five-star reviews, but it really helps us rank better for podcasts. It gives us more listeners and it helps us spread the love and it helps us like continue to justify all the effort that this show costs uh, like both financially and time and energy and all that so a five-star review we would greatly appreciate it thank you so much want to become a part of pageant history create a free contestant or business profile on pageantplanet.com to unlock hidden features and connect with other experts throughout the world